one. At the University of North Alabama, Cody had 40, a 41 and two record as a starting quarterback. And from 1992 to 95, that included a 12 and one record as a starter in the NCAA playoffs. He set school records for career rushing touchdowns and touchdowns scored 40 and career touchdowns responsible for 65 and career total offense 5,614 yards. His only two losses came as a starter when in the 1992 Division II National Championship, Jacksonville State and the NCAA quarterfinals were 12 and 10 and through the 1994 Division I National Champion, Youngtown State. Despite suffering a torn muscle, he played extensively in the 90, 1995 Division II Championship, leading three scoring drives in a 27-7 win over Pittsburgh State. Wearing number 15, my favorite number for a quarterback. You know why, brother, don't you? Tebow. Tim Tebow, amen. <laughs> Wearing number 15, Cody Gross led the UNA Lions to a 14-0, a 13-1, and a 14-0 record from the 1993-95 to years. He was selected for the 50th anniversary UNA football team for 1949 to 1998, the Gulf South Conference Team of the Quarter Century for 1971 through 95, and the Gulf South Conference Team of the 1990s. Cody began coaching uh, as an assistant at Lauderdale County, and then he was hired as an assistant coach from UNA. He went from uh, there and coached some at Delta State up in uh, northern Ohio and then came back to UNA and then has presently come to the Athens Golden Eagles where he's been there since, uh, since 2016. And so uh, Cody Gross is, is well-known in, in sports circles, but, you know, all, all those accolades, I didn't know him then. I mean, I'm a sports guy, but I didn't know him then. But here's what he said he wanted for his team at Athens. He said, I want us to learn how to work and how to do things right. The coaches are doing things the right way. We're going to demand that the players do them the right way. Do everything with character and class. We're going to do everything we can to make Athens High School the best that it can be. I didn't know him through all these accolades. I only know him as the man of God that you see him in today. He's invested his life not only in his own three boys, but in many, many other children and young people throughout his career. And I can't think of a more respected man to represent us all men uh, here on Bethel Men's Day. So if you would give a little hand for Cody Gross this morning. Amen. <laughs> take you and Howell with me <laughs> places um, that's uh, all that stuff and 50 cents will give me a cup of coffee so that, that really doesn't doesn't amount to a whole lot and what's uh, what's probably really cool about that is most of you didn't know that and that means it don't mean much so uh, and really now I'm, I'm gonna talk about that today that is some the, something that I'm proud of I was part of some really good teams and and all that uh, but that's a, that's a small part of, of life. Um, thankfully, I've been able to enjoy a lot of that. And those of you that, that um, knew me a long time ago know I spent a lot of time out in the yard playing a lot of ball. And uh, Daddy was out there with me, some of it. 
we'd get into it out in the yard. He'd be coaching me up, and I didn't like it. And, uh, we, we would we'd go nose to nose probably a few times, but uh, but I spent a whole lot of time playing ball. But uh, I used to uh, go around a lot giving my testimony. Um, that was like right after those UNA days, as I was well, while I was playing, and right after that. And the older I get, the less opportunities I get to to go do it. But as I would go and, and share that, there's there's I always tell them there's two things that I always did. Oh, two things I can never remember not doing, and one was going to church, and the other one was playing ball. Um, I was in church, I guess, nine months before I was born, and been there ever since. And uh, we didn't didn't miss. I mean, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, didn't matter, and um, thank my parents for that. I uh, didn't always thank them for that. There are times I was thinking, man, can we not miss one time? And uh, But our Sunday ritual was get up and go to church, come in and uh, go to grandmother's house and have a really, really good meal, and then go out in the yard and play ball. And then I'd get a call about 520 from the from mama, like, you need to come in and get ready for church. And I didn't always go in there saying, praise the Lord, can't wait to get there. <laughs> but there we'd go, and, and, and we'd wind up being here in church on Sunday night. And same thing Wednesday night. Anything was going on at our church, we were there. And uh, very, uh, very thankful for that. Uh, I forgot to turn this on. It's on. It is on? Yeah. Hey, was it on when I was singing? Golly, <laughs> I hope not. Uh, anyway... Um, I always would tell this story as I would give my testimony, too, about the being there all the time, that, um, you know, we, we were uh, big Chicago Bears fans, and uh, I think Daddy still is, tries to be. They drive him crazy, but um, goes back to Harlan Hill was his, was his neighbor. He was growing up, Harlan Hill played for the Bears, and so we were Bears fans, and, and um, the 85 Bears, of course, that's one of the best defenses ever, and they, they finally made it the Super Bowl, and uh, I remember thinking, we're going to stay home Sunday night. We're going to watch the Bears. You know, we, we're there every time. I mean, it, and it never failed. It would be the end of an NFL game, and we couldn't record them. It, part, of the, part of my life, you couldn't record them. And it would be right at the end of a game, be a two-minute drive, and it would be time to go. And you'd wind up not knowing what happened. And, you know, we didn't have ESPN, Sports Center, and all that stuff. And uh, couldn't get on Twitter and find out what the score was. And So, um, anyway... I'm out there, and I play a little bit that day, but I remember sitting in there watching all the pregame hype, and, and uh, I remember thinking, we're staying. Ain't no doubt we're watching this one. <laughs> and uh, there's about 5.30, Daddy gets up and goes in there and puts on his church clothes. I'm like, shoot. <laughs> we, are, we are going. And by the time we got home that night, the thing was over. Bears were killing the Patriots at halftime, and it, and it was over. But the thing I've always, always share that story because um, – I don't think Daddy set out that night to, to be an example, but he was. Because mm, there, there was a 12-year-old boy that was watching him wow. that night. Wow. Is, it, is it really important, or is it important when it's convenient? Wow, wow. And, uh, you know, he, he, he did that that night and uh, did it throughout my life. And I'm thankful, I'm thankful for that. You know, as, uh, as I pulled up for the uh, breakfast this morning... I was, um, a lot of memories came back to me, and um, they're still flooding back. And I'm going to try not to, try not to cry, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I've probably spoken a thousand times somewhere. Uh, this is the toughest place to do it at. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
there's a few familiar faces, but it, it's amazing that in a place this small, there's this many new faces. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing because there's some uh, new blood in here, and there's the, the infusion of, of that, and, and it, it's awesome to see. But pulled up out there in front of the, the fellowship center, which is, was the old sanctuary, and um, one of the first things I thought about was vacation Bible school and been out on those, on those steps waiting to, to come in and all the excitement. Couldn't wait to, couldn't wait to do it. And really couldn't wait to get out there and play Red Rover and, uh, <laughs> and then come in and get, get those cookies and, uh, and Kool-Aid served by the ladies. Um, but I thought about that old sanctuary. I, I gave my life to the Lord over in that old sanctuary and uh, Lehman Brewer was preaching revival at our church and um, I was saved and baptized over there. And uh, I can remember uh, after that, after being baptized, being up in front and everybody coming by. And I remember Francis coming by and saying, I've been praying for you. Wow. And uh, I remember this sanctuary being built. Um, I remember spending the night in it before it was finished. Uh, RA's had a deal, over overnight deal, and kind of had a camp out in, uh, in here. I think it's the first time I ever had coffee. And uh, I was, uh, I would have been, uh, I guess I'd have been 12, and I uh, had a whole lot of sugar in it. I do remember, I do remember that. Um, I remember Mother's Day over in that old sanctuary. Um, man, I hated Mother's Day. I, I really did. And uh, the reason was all the kids had to get up on stage and say something about their mama. And uh, those of you that knew me back then would probably, would be shocked to know that I'd be going anywhere talking because I'm not a talk wasn't a talker. So I dreaded Mother's Day. We'd have practice on Saturday morning, you'd have to get up and say something and walk across the stage and I just couldn't stand to be in front of people. I was I was petrified of uh of being in front of people. And uh, now I'm in front of people every day of my life. So uh it's funny how things like that work out. Um I also remember children's choir. I remember being in children's choir and down by the creek bank was one of the deals we did, and we traveled around and, and sang at other churches and, and did those kinds of things. And um, I didn't want to be in the choir, but I didn't have a choice. I was going to be there, and uh, and now I I love to sing. I can't sing at all. That's why I hope that really seriously. I hope I wasn't on, but I but I do love to sing, um, and I think going back to children's choir that had something to do with it. Um, Got your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to, to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read one verse. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Now i got to break out my glasses. That's how, that's how old I am now. And um, also I had to break out, I had to break out a new Bible. Um, the Bible that I did have, that I've used my whole adult life, belonged to Ricky Michael who was our pastor here as I was growing up. I actually, gave, uh, I actually gave that Bible to his son, Chad, about two months ago. Chad coaches in South Alabama at a private school and came up and watched us practice a couple of days, wanted to be around our program. And, and I, I told him I had the Bible, and I asked him if he would want it, and he said that he would. So uh, reluctantly, I gave him the Bible. I've used my entire uh, adulthood uh, and had notes that uh, Ricky had made. And um, it's a pretty, pretty neat deal, but I figured Chad, his son, might, it might mean more to him than it, than it did to me. Um, and it had fairly large print. Then the, the other Bible I've used is the FCA Coach's Bible. It's a small one, 
And man, I hadn't been able to read that one in years. So I had to, uh, had to get a, one with a little bigger print and, uh, and also be able to use uh, these glasses. Um, one more memory before I read this verse. As I went back after the Brotherhood breakfast, I went back to, to the house, went to Daddy's house and, and, um, and finished kind of preparing for this. And, and I, I looked around and I saw, uh, as I walked in, my grandmother's Bible was on the uh, coffee table. And I went over and I saw Mama's Bible up in the bookshelf, and I kind of kind of went through those just a little bit. I found this in, uh, in Grandmother's Bible. She had a few uh, little notes. Uh, obviously, she'd made notes from sermons and Bible studies, and but she had little pieces of paper. And here's one that I found. It says, uh, "My dishes went unwashed today. I didn't make the bed. I took God's hand and followed Him to VBS instead." Oh, yes, we went adventuring, the children and I, exploring the whole Bible for truths we can't deny. My house was sure neglected. I didn't sweep the stairs. In 20 years, no one on earth will know or even care. But that I've helped a boy or girl to noble adulthood grow. In 20 years, the whole wide world may look and see and know. Hebrews chapter 12 Verse 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So, as, um, as you read that verse, I've read that a lot, but it kind of hit home to me thinking about being here, and uh, it says, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, really, if you go and, and see what that really meant with the clouds, it's not really talking about big, fluffy clouds. You know, again, I'm a, I'm a football coach, and I'm a sports guy, and, and this really is about being in an arena. And the clouds, uh, a translation of that is really the highest seats it's the highest seats in a stadium. So in our world today, we'd call that the nosebleed section. Okay, that's when I went to, when I've taken my three sons to see their favorite NBA team in Memphis. We saw the Bulls, and we've seen the Warriors, and, and we saw the Thunder. All of them had a different favorite team, and none of them happened to be the Grizzlies. But we all go to Memphis. I took them all to Memphis. And I'm cheap, and I'm tight. And we sat in the very top, the top row. I mean, they look like little ants down down on the floor. Uh, me and Daddy went to Indianapolis to see the Colts and 49ers back in 1989. I got to see Joe Montana and Jerry Rice play, and I actually touched the top of the Hoosier Dome. That's where we were, were sitting. So anytime we go to a sporting event, a, a professional one, we're going to be in those clouds. We're going to be all the way up there at the top. But think about that. Okay, we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, and, and really it's like there's an arena, and we're the ones that's in the arena. Okay, it's like, like you're watching a football game. I mean, you're watching that football game. We're the, we're the ones that's out there. We're the team. We're the players. We're out there, and we're the ones going through the daily battle. But we're surrounded by all these folks in the stands that have been there before, that have been through this. Okay, and, and just, uh, you can just imagine it. It's those folks that have lived this life. They persevere, and they've got through all the daily struggles and all that stuff that we've been through, and they've come out on the other side, and they're in heaven. And they're seeing it. 
they're seeing us go through this. And as we go through it, we can look up and we can know that they're, they're there and they're watching us and they know what's going on and they've been through it and it gives us the, the courage to be able to get through that as well. As I, as I think about that, um, again, we're not alone. And that's one thing I think a lot of times in this life we get to thinking that we are. There's nobody around. There's nobody that cares. There's nobody that knows what I'm going through. But nothing could be farther from the truth Amen. than that. The influences, I'm going to share some of these clouds, some of these witnesses. These are in the clouds of witnesses, those that have been there before. And I'm going to share some from Bethel. Uh, some are still here. Some are no longer on this earth. Some are, are in the, are that cloud of witnesses that, are, that have already made it through. Um, I've already mentioned one, Ricky Michael, who was a pastor here for so long. And um, died at too early an age. But, man, what a... What an impact he had here. Um, this amazing man of God that really influenced my life. Um, again, I'm going to do everything I can to not cry. Um, Francis. Just told you that... Um, She had prayed for me. She wasn't alone, and um, I wasn't the only one that she prayed for. But I wonder how many kids you've picked up and uh, brought to church. Um, lived across the road from her, and um, mama's best friend, and on and on and on, but um, big impact on my life and life of many. Um, Letha Mae Bailey, who was a Sunday school teacher for what a hundred years, <laughs> and um, I went to see Miss Letha Mae uh, back early in the fall. She's in uh, there in Athens, and uh, I walked in. First thing she did was get on to me for not coming sooner. <laughs> and wh where have you been? And uh, we talked for a little bit, and she asked where I went to church, and I told her I would go to Lindsay Lane, and she said, I've always heard good things about that. I sure would like to go sometime. And I said, well, you can go with me this Sunday. So I went and picked her up and took her to the church with me. We went out to Cracker Barrel after and uh, took her back. But just, um, and then she wrote, me a, she wrote me a letter that uh, didn't arrive for about two months for some reason. But I got a, a handwritten letter from her. Uh, shortly, it should have been shortly thereafter. It wound up being quite a bit later. But um, she influenced so many people here. Um, the Terry White um, was my basketball coach. Uh, taught here, did so much here. Uh, church Joe Eady, that was uh, over the Royal Ambassadors, the old RAs that nobody knows about anymore. And uh, girls were in GAs and the boys were in RAs. And, and uh, Joe did so, so much and uh, dedicated his life to, to boys and uh, touched many, many of us. Um, my neighbors, when I was a little bitty boy in Malvoline, the Seacor Cockrell, Miss um, Malvoline used to make these pinwheel cookies, and I'd sit out on the steps and wait for them to be done. And uh, Mr. Secor, he uh, 
told some people the reason I could move pretty good, I think there's two reasons. One was that I was scared of the dark, and I'd stay at my grandmother's house right in front of us, and when it'd get dark or later at night, Mom would call and say, it's time for Cody to come home, and I'd say, all right, tell her to turn the light on. So Mom would turn the front light on, and my grandmother would turn the back porch light on, and I would sprint <laughs> through the yard because I was scared to death. And you get fast. I tell our guys all the time, you get fast by running fast. And I ran fast a lot uh, when I was a little kid because I was scared of the dark. Um, but Molly and Secor lived next to my grandmother and granddaddy there. And, and Secor would, uh, he told me one time that if I could pour salt on a bird's tail, I could catch it. So they say I ran around out in the yard with salt trying to pour it on a, on a bird's tail. And um, I think Mr. Secor got a big, big kick out of, out of doing that. Um, you know, my grandparents, uh, both sides, but for here, uh, Emmett and Eloise Camp, granddaddy ran the store and, and uh, never was a guy that got up in front of people and talked, but was a great influence. And uh, grandmother Camp, still unbelievable lady. Um, I can remember uh, sitting by her on Sunday nights so I could chew gum. Um, and sometimes it would be freshen up and sometimes it was dentine, but get to chew, uh, chew gum there sitting by her and, and listening to her, her sing. And even as she got Alzheimer's, I can remember her, uh, when she couldn't remember anything, she could remember every song. Um, and then uh, there were a lot of the... Uh, widow ladies that, that lived around. I always tell people, I grew up, you know, they don't know where I was. I grew up way out in the country and played ball all the time, but usually it's by myself. Um, didn't have a whole lot of guys around, and uh, Cheryl wasn't going to get out there and do a whole lot, and Amy wasn't going to do anything, and, um, except chase the balls. When Daddy would throw batting practice to me, they'd have to chase the balls. Um, so I, I played out in the yard by myself uh, a whole lot, but I told them I was, I was uh, surrounded by a lot of widow women. But they influenced me. From uh, Miss May, right across the road. Miss Lala, across the road. And the Gladys and Sylvia, and you can go on and on and on. Um, start naming names, you leave somebody out. And I apologize uh, if I did, but what, a, what an influence they were. And, and again, not because they were teaching, not because they were preaching and singing solos and out in the forefront. They were solid. They were prayer warriors. They were uh, consistent. And... Um, Think about, you know, they told, told the teams I was on the success we had and coached for 24 years and been at 10 different schools. And I've, I've been around, I can't tell you how many young men and, and every day, every day in, in the fall, every day I'm in front of over 100 boys. And in off season right now, I'm in front of 50-something. It'll be around 70 here soon. And every day I get to, to have my hand on them and impact them, and everybody that had a piece of, that, of influence in me, it carries over. Yeah. 
those sweet ladies that prayed for me were an example to me, influence Jacaria Scott in Athens, Alabama. They influenced Diamond Simmons when I was coaching at UNA. They came to know the Lord there. John David White that played for us that, that was saved two weeks ago and baptized last week. I got to share Christ with them, but that happened because folks did it with me. And our influence will, will long outlive us. Those, those accomplishments, they, he, he named uh, UNA records. Guess what? I don't hold those anymore. Those have been obliterated big time. And that's what happens to records. That's what happens to trophies. That's what happens to all that. None of that stuff really matters. That stuff's not going to last. But all those folks impacted me in a great way. Um, some men... In the, in the church, some, some men that just came to mind, Miller and McConnell and H.C. White and Dewey Eccles and, and some of those men that just, uh, again, wasn't loud and wasn't, you know, I remember, they remember Dillard didn't like football. I don't know how you not like football. <laughs> and I never could understand how he didn't like football. Uh, you know, Mr. Dewey that would crush your hand that big around and on his deathbed and would crush your, your hand. Uh, great handshake and and uh, H.C. White and on and on and on. Um, but out of all those, biggest influences were my parents. And um, the last time I spoke here was at Mama's funeral, and I got to talk about her. Um, what an unbelievable lady. Amen. And. Um, and I think lady is the term. Uh, I think I said at a funeral that uh, I don't know if I can define what a lady is, but I know it when I see it, and she was it. And uh, godly influence uh, for me and then my dad, who uh, told you that one story, but there are a lot of stories, and some probably shouldn't tell. Uh, but there's a lot of stories there. But um, daddy continues to influence me. And um, especially through Mama's sickness, the husband that, that he was. You know, when you take your vows, it's for, for better or for worse, and sickness and in health. And, and he lived that every day for a long time. Amen. And uh, continued to teach me how to be a husband. And he taught my three boys what it's like to love your wife mm. and living out those wedding vows and and Daddy, I thank you for, for all of that, and uh, I love you. Um, so, I went through some, and, and most of you have no clue who those people are. But it's kind of like there at Athens, we've got a lot of tradition in football at Athens High School, and I spend a lot of time talking about the people who played before them. I talk about some of those players, and there's some that Philip Rivers, he's in the NFL, most people know Philip Rivers. How about Freddie Smith? He's supposed to, you know, if you ask people, he's the best football player who played at Athens High School, went on and played at Auburn. Um, you can go on and name different ones. Rob Ezell that I coached there was a, was a great player and led us to the state championship. And we named some of those, but then, then I'll throw in a, a Zach Ooten. And they're like, nobody's ever heard of Zach Ooten. But Zach Ooten 
was a 135-pound linebacker in 2005 that fought his guts out every play. And, and guys like that have helped make the program what it is. So as, as I name people here at this church, I name Ricky Michael, who is a huge part of this church. You know, you got Brother Bill, and you've had others. Uh, Brother Mac that was here for 35, 40 years, whatever he was. You've got those people, and obviously they're, they're people who've made a huge impact and had a great influence, but I just named some others that nobody's ever heard of. And very few people outside of their family in this small community will ever know who they were, but they are still impacting people because of the people they impacted. And we can all do that. I talked to the men this morning about the sphere of influence. And I've got a pretty big one as a, as a football coach at a 6A high school. You know, in the state of Alabama, that's pretty important. Football is probably too important. But because of that, I've got a platform. So I have that sphere of influence, but we all have it. And, and nobody out there should be saying, I don't have one, because every one of us do. These students that are sitting here, you got one. You got one in your classroom, on your team, in the hallways, whatever it is. You've got it. There may be a little kid in your neighborhood that looks up to you. Maybe some in your family that does. For the, the ones that have kids that are in the house, obviously, we have a big one there. That's our biggest one, is in the home. But then beyond that, you get to the grandparents. You think you don't influence them? I know mine influences my, my sons, big time. You don't get, as I told the men this morning, you don't get to retire from having influence. You don't get to shut that down. It's now I've done this long enough. You continue to have it. And the impact you can have is, is immeasurable. I mean, think about, think about the, the person that, uh, that shared Christ with Billy Graham. How about that one? And you don't ever know when the person you're sharing Christ with or showing the love of Christ to may become a, an evangelist or, or whatever it is. So, so I want to challenge you to use that influence and understand that we all have it and that there are people that are, are watching us. Um, you know, I, I can tell you, I don't remember just, uh, I don't remember, and I know I didn't do it. I didn't just sit there and stare at, uh, at Miss Gladys or Miss Sylvia and think, man, that's an awesome lady. You think I thought that when I was growing up? But they come to my mind. And I can just remember, again, their presence. And their spirit is awesome. So, as you go back to this, this scripture, we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. I just named them. Now, a lot of those I named, they're not yours. They're up there, but they're not yours. But hopefully, as I've talked, there's somebody that's come to your mind that was, your, that was one of those for you. One thing I would encourage you to do in this day and time where we don't write a whole lot, if one of those witnesses for you is alive, let them know. And a great way to do it is to write it down and send it to them. Write them a letter. That letter I got from Lethal May, awesome. I've got it on my bulletin board in my office. It, it's a, it's a, a, and when you know how it is. If you get a letter from somebody, a letter of encouragement, what's it do to you? Man. You can go for weeks on that one. Send it to them. Let them know. Let them know before it's, before it's too late. Um, but going back to that again, 
We're in the fight. Okay? I've talked about that. I've done a lot of, a lot of nostalgia and a lot of reminiscing. But we're in the daily fist fight. That's what I talked to our players about. And I don't mean literally fist fight. But Satan's trying to get us. Right. He's throwing stuff at us. And life, life gets, man, it gets tough. And sometimes it just gets busy. But life gets tough. And Satan's doing everything he can to distract us and to beat us down. But while we're in that, we can look up and know that there are those who came before us that, got, that went through the same thing we're going through, and they've made it through. And what they're saying up there is go. Go. You can do it. You can do it. And one day, as we persevere, we can look forward to that promise that we'll be there. One more scripture I'm going to share with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 25. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. So it says at the, in, in, at the end of verse of 12, uh, Hebrews 12, 1, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. That race is talking about life. All right, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 and 25. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a, uh, run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So in Hebrews, after we're talking about all those witnesses looking down on us in that stadium, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And then Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, do you not know that those that run in a race all run, but only one gets the prize? So, again, go back to the, the introduction that was so awesome. Thank you was we got the prize three years in a row at UNA. We got to hold up a national championship trophy. And I got national championship rings, the only ring I wear is my wedding ring. Because those rings don't matter. They don't mean anything. When me and my teammates get together, there ain't one play we talk about. We don't talk about a play. We don't talk about a game. We talk about times in the dorm or times in the locker room or times on the bus or, hey, how's your family? Here's what my family's like now. It's just about relationships. But only one does get the prize on this earth. And it says run in such a way that you may win. So I'm not, not going to apologize trying to win. It says do that. But it goes in verse 25, I think it's the most important. It says they do it to get a crown that will not last. We do it to get a crown that will last forever. That's what I'm talking about. All that stuff passes away. I, I, I would have never thought it, but I'm, I'm talking to, uh, oh, I can't say preaching. I'm speaking at Bethel Baptist Church, the church I grew up in that we used to clean. <laughs> that we, I mean, you name it, we've done it in here. And I would bet over half of you don't have a clue who I am. <laughs> and that's awesome. Because that's what it is. That shows you in, in tiny Anderson and tiny Bethel. I grew up in Powell, in Bethel, in Anderson, in Rogersville. Most people don't even know who I am. And that tickles me to death. Because we think, man, that's so important. And this is so no, it is not important. It doesn't matter at all. They do it to get a crown that will not last. Championship trophies ain't gonna last, rings ain't gonna last, money ain't gonna last, nice houses and nice cars, gone. Don't matter. We, that's the world, that's what they chase. Popularity, whatever it is. We 
Those that know Jesus Christ do it for a crown that will last forever. And that's what it's all about. Amen. That's what it's all about. So as I close today, I want to, uh, again, I want, I'm so thankful for this church. Not just the, its past, but its present and its future. And you're, some of you were part of the past, way back for some of you. <laughs> and some of you uh, hadn't been here very long. So it's the past, the present, and the future. And influencing those around us is so big. And I, I just challenge you to, to do that and to, and to keep doing that and understand again that we're all in this fight. And all those clouds of witnesses that were, came before us, they're up there and they're urging us on. So take strength in that. Have courage as we, as we do that. I'm going to pray and I'm going to turn it over to Bill for the invitation. Father, I thank you for this uh, beautiful day that we've been able to come into your house and to, to worship you, Lord. I just, uh, again, thank you for Bethel Baptist Church. I thank you for what it means in this community, what it has meant for a long time, what it means now, and what it's going to mean in the future. And I just pray for the leadership here. I pray for every, every family um, that is represented. Lord, I pray that as we are in this daily fist fight that, that we know is, is just life, Lord, that we will uh, we'll take strength and we'll have courage because we know that others have come before us and they've gone through the same thing and that they've made it through. And Lord, we just pray that uh, we'll keep all this in mind as, as we go through that, Lord. And uh, thank you uh, for sending your son to die on the cross, be buried and, and raised again so that we could have eternal life. In your name I pray. Amen.
who want to 